Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me today. For the next handful of weeks, I don't know how many, our Saturday shows will be some of the best of Primal Potential. We've got eight plus years of podcasts. We've got over a thousand episodes. It's so hard to keep track of the favorites of my favorites, of your favorites, of the most listened to episodes. So I don't know if it'll be three or four weeks. I don't know if it'll be six or seven weeks, but Mondays will remain the same. Saturdays, however, we will go back to some of your favorites and mine. If you want to support the show, in the meantime, a huge thing you can do is tell your friends about an episode that you loved or you think that they would enjoy listening to. Tell your friends to tune into the podcast and check it out. Point them towards some of the episodes that have helped you the most. This one is not only one of my personal favorites, it's also one of the most asked about episodes. It is one of the most, I think, valuable episodes and certainly a listener favorite. So I'm not going to spoil it, but whether you've heard it or not, I promise you'll benefit from hearing it again. Let's dive in to the show. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and you are going to be seriously glad you tu- you tuned into this episode because I am going to share with you my top tip for getting results. This is so major. And best of all, it's super easy to implement. And I cannot believe how long it took me to put the pieces together and see this as clearly as I do now. It was an aha moment of aha moments. And I've been dying to share it with you for, for a couple of months now. And I have to give credit where credit is due. The first part of this concept, totally inspired by a book that I read in March with the Primal Potential Masters Club. We tend to read a book together almost every month. And in March, the book that we read is called A Happy Pocket Full of Money by David uh, David Cameron Gakandi. I'll link that up in the show description if you want to check it out. However, it's this is not a money episode. And I would even say, though the author would probably not be happy for me to say this, it's not a money book. In the same way that I don't think Chasing Cupcakes is a weight loss book, though it'll definitely help you lose weight if that's your goal. The concepts in this book, though shared in the context of money, using money as the example, totally work for everything. Like they work for health, they work for fitness, they work for money, they work for relationships. 
you name it. So this is not an episode about money. Everything that it taught, and in fact, when we had our webinar with the Master's Club, that was really what I focused on, how we could take this one statement and another statement and another statement, take out the word wealth and replace it with fitness or health or happiness. And it was just as true, which those kinds of books for me are the most valuable because I get to practice them in every single area of my life. All right. Top tip. Are you ready? Now, don't dismiss it because of its simplicity. I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove to you today how truly significant this is And I'm going to show you how to implement it. All right? So stay with me. You're going to want to stay with me. The tip is have many reasons. Have many reasons. Now, in the context of this book, it talks about having many reasons to be wealthy or whether you call it financially independent or financially free, whatever you want to call it, have many reasons. Now, I've added two more steps to this that we're going to get to, but first I want to prove out just this part to you. Have many reasons for whatever your goal is. If you want to lose weight, have many reasons. If you want to get out of debt, have many reasons. If you want to exercise more consistently, or improve your marriage, have many reasons. There are two more steps to this top tip. We'll get there. But I want to first prove out this part. One of the areas where I feel like it's been very easy for me to stay consistent and disciplined is in my work. Now, there are a lot of other areas of my life where it does not and has not felt easy to stay consistent and disciplined. So I'm not here to say like, oh, being disciplined is so easy. I have my areas where it's not. But one of the areas where it has felt really automatic to be consistent in my effort, to be consistent in my habits, to be really determined in my follow through is my work. Ever since the first year that I started working for myself, and it took a little time to find a rhythm, I have been very self-motivated, but I will say, I have not always been self-motivated in my work. I've shared this before. My first job out of college, zero motivation, zero drive, zero consistency, very little effort. I was lost, pathetic, and not performing well. But ever since I started Primal Potential, and it's you know, we're not talking about seven months of consistency. We're talking about over seven years of it feeling pretty effortless to be consistent and disciplined. I know that it's because I have many reasons, right? There are other areas where I'm not highly self-motivated, where I set goals and struggle, where I don't work as hard. But when it comes to my work, that's just not the case. I push myself. I show up when I don't feel like it. I put forth a lot of effort. I step out of my comfort zone consistently. I follow through. And I have many reasons to do so. I have many reasons 
to be successful at work. And remember, there's two more parts to this tip that we're going to get to that are very, very important here. But I have dozens of reasons to succeed in my work. One of them is that I love what I do and I want to spend time doing it. Another is that I really desire to help people. I don't want to let people down. Whether that's listeners that'll never put a dollar towards my business or it's customers who have spent $10,000 or more. I really care about how I'm perceived professionally. It's how I provide for my family. It's how I provide for myself. It's how I'm able to be generous. It's how I'm able to make an impact in the world. I could go on and on and on. I don't struggle with follow through in that area of my life because I have many reasons. Now, if I look back on the area where I struggled most for the longest, food. Totally without a doubt, decades of struggle eating healthy. That that's <laughs> there's no denying it. I really only had like one reason to eat healthy. I wanted to lose weight. Now, if you had told me then like tell me all the reasons you want to lose weight, I would have said I or why you want to eat healthy. I want to lose weight. I don't want to be fat anymore. But that's basically the same reason, right? Wanting to lose weight, not wanting to be fat. Same reason, just said differently. It was a strong reason, but it was one reason. Now, the important thing about this is that it works both ways. I really had one driving force to eat healthy, and that was to lose weight. I had a lot more reasons to not eat healthy. Okay. Now, wanting to lose weight was very strong and very significant. And I felt like I wanted that more than I wanted to overeat. But just from the numbers, I had more reasons to not eat healthy than I did to eat healthy. I saw food as a way to escape. I really enjoyed Though I didn't realize this until afterwards because I just wasn't thinking about it, but I really enjoyed planning indulgences, like giving myself that permission, oh, after work, I'm going to go get this and this and this. Like there was something satisfying about giving myself that. I also really enjoyed the unhealthy food. I did. I thought it was delicious. And, And it didn't really matter what it was. There are things that now I'm like, why the heck? Hostess cupcakes are a perfect example. I would get Hostess cupcakes more times than not when I put gas in my car. Now they have no appeal to me. They're they're dry. They're stale. They're not flavorful. I feel like I taste chemicals. But then in large part because I felt like I was giving myself something. It was like permissive. It was forbidden or or not forbidden, but kind of taboo. I, I liked the food. I loved the food. I really enjoyed eating it. It was also a tool for dealing with emotions, dealing with stress, dealing with anger, dealing with loneliness. So you can see I had at the time really one reason to eat well and a lot more reasons to not eat well, no wonder there was a struggle. No wonder there was a struggle. So back to this book, right? It says, have many reasons to be wealthy. 
or financially free or whatever you want to call it. Have many reasons to be wealthy. You're not really going to get there if the only reason is to pay your bills or avoid stress. Because you can pay your bills on not a lot, right? The amount of money that you have to make to pay your bills or even to avoid financial stress is not the same as the amount of money that it's going to take you to feel financially free or wealthy or be as generous as you want to be able to be. Have many reasons. You want to work out consistently? Have many reasons. I see so many of my clients struggle with things like eating well or working out because they don't have a lot of reasons. They want to lose weight. So when the scale is not going down, they're like, what's the point? Well, if your only reason is losing weight, then you're right. There's now no point. And I've talked about this before, how when I first got pregnant, I was nervous that I was just going to throw caution to the wind and eat whatever. And, I, and I, don't get me wrong, my diet was not as dialed in pregnant as not pregnant. But my fear was, well, if weight loss is off the table, like what's going to drive me? You know, or if not gaining weight is not going to happen because I'm going to gain weight during my pregnancy, what's going to drive me? Even when I wasn't wanting to lose weight while not pregnant, I certainly didn't want to gain weight. And so that would kind of keep me in check. But hey, if I'm shifting into maternity pants anyway, what's the point? Fortunately, what I hadn't realized is that I had developed so many more reasons to do things like eat well and exercise. So even when the scale was going up, even when weight loss wasn't the goal, even when I wasn't fitting into my genes, I was still really driven to take great care of my body because I had other reasons. For example, I feel a lot better emotionally and physically when I'm eating well than when I'm not. I'm happier. I'm not as stressed out. My, my hands feel better, right? There's not like a puffiness or a stiffness in my hands. Even if I'm not losing weight, my face is leaner. My face gets puffy if I'm not eating well. So do my hands. And I don't like that feeling. I had so many more reasons that it's like, you know what? I'm not eating healthy because I want to lose weight. I'm eating healthy because I want to feel good. I want to feel good when I take a shower, when I wake up in the morning, when I put my clothes on, when I look in the mirror, when I go outside, when I'm interacting with other people. I had a lot of reasons. Without fail, when I talk to a client who is struggling or when I look at the areas of my own life where I'm struggling, they don't have a lot of reasons, you know? And I see this with food, with exercise. I also see this with business. Back in the spring, I was working one-on-one with somebody who really wanted to develop a business of their own. Every single week, they were frustrated. Every single week, they were frustrated with something or other to the point where They were like, I don't even know, should I be doing this? Was this a stupid idea? Basically talking themselves out of it, wanting to quit on a regular basis because their primary reasons were few. 
They had reasons, but they didn't have lots of reasons. We need lots of reasons. She wanted to work for herself. She wanted to give her time to this area that she was really interested in. But that was kind of it. You have to have a lot of reasons. If your reason for working out is weight loss and you find out that you're pregnant or you're having surgery or you're not losing weight or your body's not responding, guess what you're not going to do? You have to have a lot of reasons. You have to have as many reasons as possible. And for some of you who are like, well, I don't really know what they are beyond losing weight, beyond being a good example. Let me share with you, because the two areas where I've struggled the most with consistency in the past, eating healthy and working out. It's easier now because I have so many more reasons. A couple of them I've already mentioned. It makes me happier. I am undeniably in a better mood when I am eating well and working out regularly. I feel so much more emotionally stable. I also sleep better. I feel more confident. I'm more likely to be social. This is so true for me, and it might not be true for you, but it's one of my reasons. I am much more social when I'm taking great care of myself than when I'm not. My clothes fit better. It's also the kind of person I want to be. It's the kind of home I want my kids growing up in. I want them to see that example. I want that to be their norm. I want them to have a fit, healthy, confident, happy mom. That is so important to me. I also have a much easier time focusing on my work when I'm eating better and working out regularly. I take better care of my home when I'm eating well and working out regularly. I really, really, really want to be strong and healthy. I want to avoid things like anxiety and depression. I want to have a strong immune system. And having all those reasons makes it so much easier to do it especially on the days where I'm tired, on the days where I feel like my body isn't responding. Now, I mentioned that there's two other steps to this. So the first is have many reasons. The second is make them strong. Have many reasons and make them strong. I don't want you to take my reasons, the examples that I've given here so far, if they don't really resonate with you. You know, if, if it's the kind of person I want to be, doesn't really speak to your soul, don't go with it. The reasons have to be strong. I don't care what they are, but your reasons have to be strong reasons, reasons that are compelling to you right now. So have many reasons, make them strong, and lastly, revisit them often. Revisit them often. If you have a million reasons, but you don't keep them top of mind, they're not going to do you any good. If you have a million reasons to eat healthy and they are so strong, but all you focus on are your reasons to not eat healthy, guess what you're going to do? Have many reasons, make them strong, revisit them often. On the days where I don't feel like doing my work, 
what am I going to do? Focus on why I don't want to do my work. I'm tired. I'm not motivated. I can do it tomorrow. It works both ways, right? But if you revisit all the reasons that you want to do that work, those strong, compelling reasons, and you revisit them then, you're going to get it done. We have a choice. When we're thinking about that workout and we're like, meh, I don't want to, that is your reason for not working out. You can choose to revisit that, but you're going to get way better results when you're thinking about the reasons you do want to work out, when those reasons you do want to work out are strong, and when you revisit them often. So what I want you to do with this, I told you I was going to tell you how to implement this. Look at where you're struggling to create or get what you want. Maybe you're struggling with consistency, struggling with follow-through, struggling mentally. It doesn't matter if it's your marriage, parenting, sticking to a budget, building a business, eating healthy, working out, anything in between. What are your reasons? I want you to literally write them down. And here's why that matters so much. You're going to have a very hard time revisiting them often if they only live in your recall, in your memory. Maybe after a year or two, you don't need to have them written down. But starting out, I don't want you to do this for every single area of your life. Pick an area or two where you want to be seeing more results or showing up differently. What are your reasons? If you don't feel like you have a lot of reasons, go into the Primal Potential Facebook group, ask people for their reasons, and see if any of them speak to you and feel strong to you. Have this conversation with your friends, with your family, in a mastermind. Write down the reasons. Have many reasons to improve your marriage. Have many reasons to get that business off the ground. Have many reasons to eat better. Make them strong. And then revisit them often. There has to be a process. You can know that meditation is helpful and effective and you can be familiar with all the studies and you can have a million reasons why you want to meditate. But if you don't have a process, if you don't have a habit, a routine, a system for getting that 20 minutes a day or whatever that is for you, it really isn't doing any good. So for that area, maybe it means that when you're journaling in the morning, you're writing down all your reasons for that particular area where you're struggling. Or maybe instead of writing them down, when you're journaling in the morning, you just review them. You just review all the reasons. Maybe you have a, a standing time on your calendar every day at noon, every day at 7 a.m., some days at noon, some days at 5, some days at 7, 8, whatever, that you review your reasons. You've got to have a process, guys. I don't want these tools to just live in your memory bank because they only are effective If you implement them on a regular basis, have many reasons, make them strong, revisit them often. Look at where you're struggling. What are your reasons? And also think about how many reasons you have on the flip side, how many reasons you have to not do the work, how many reasons you're giving yourself to not show up, to not follow through. 
The other thing you've got to pay attention to is how often are you visiting those things, right? Look at where you're struggling. And it's going to be an issue in one of these three areas. Either you don't have a lot of reasons, they aren't strong, or you aren't revisiting them often. And you're revisiting the flip side more often. I don't feel like it. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not in the mood, whatever it is. Have many reasons. Make them strong. Revisit them often. And if there is anything that I can do to help you with this, send me a message. DM me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. And let me know what questions you have. Let me know how I can help. Let me know where you're kind of standing at a wall. Let's have this be the starting point, not the ending point. All right? Have many reasons. Make them strong. Revisit them often. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Data and technology are revolutionizing entire industries. Prepare to lead in the tech-driven future with the part-time MBA from Northeastern University's DeMore McKim School of Business. Grow your professional network and gain fresh perspectives as you and your classmates use real company data to solve actual business challenges. Apply now to start this September. Northeastern.edu slash PTMBA.